election inspectors and secretaries of state and vote tabulators in the 2020 election got a really interesting package from Amazon uh, at the very start of the election counting process. And they opened the box and it contained $418.5 million from Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, and they, he sent it to non-profit and allegedly non-partisan groups that were involved in the election process to influence the election. Now, let's make sure that everybody understands. This was not money that was sent in the traditional way to influence elections. In other words, for advertising or for media or for staff or anything like that. This was money that was sent to corrupt the electoral process itself and to start and to intervene in the vote counting that went on. This, more than anything else, is what caused the shenanigans the Democrats were able to get away with in the 2020 election. But I want to spend a little time talking about it today because I don't think people really put it in context. On the one hand, you had courts and state legislatures that changed the rules and changed the regulations, usually not laws, but regulations and rules, so that it permitted massive cheating and then on the other hand you had secretary you had you had the ballots that were double cast or not counted or signatures that were phony or any of the irregularities that occurred but in between there was a missing link somebody had to effectuate those instructions somebody had to implement them somebody had to make sure that the double ballots were counted twice Someone had to make sure that the forged signatures were counted. Someone had to make sure that the that all of the irregularities, the dead people's votes were counted, the uh, people who moved out of state were counted, uh, the people who were not at the address that to which the ballot was sent were counted. They had to make sure that all of those people's votes were counted, all of those fraudulent votes. To do that, they needed election inspectors, hundreds and thousands of them, on the ground, at the polling places, in the swing states, to comply with the instructions and to implement them to perpetuate the cheating in the election. And that was a very important function, and without that, we could not have had the fraud that we had. So it was Zuckerberg's money that made it all possible. So essentially, the Democratic inspect the Democratic Secretaries of State contracted out this election to Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> and Zuckerberg funded these civic groups, these citizen groups that were totally phony. They weren't citizen groups. They were just fronts for the Democratic Party. And their job was to recruit the foot soldiers, the infantry, the army that would actually move in and implement the vote cheating process that was set up by the legislatures and the secretaries of state and the governors in these states. The the actual foot soldiers had to do this. They needed to be people who would consciously and knowingly count votes that shouldn't be counted. People that would say, okay, these are two ballots from the same person. Give Biden two votes. This guy voted from one Riverdale Avenue and his and he doesn't live there. We sent letters and messages and and do not forward mails to there, and they were returned uh this th- these These people actually died. We have a list of people who passed away, and these folks are all on it, and yet they voted and I'm going to count every one of those votes and 
to do that, they needed radicals, leftists, true believers, ideologues, who were prepared to disregard their, their duty, the oath they may have taken when they were sworn in as election inspectors, and instead just do what they were told and implement this massive cheating to screw up our entire election process. And that is what Zuckerberg provided. Now, I got news for you. They're continuing to make more of them. In the uh, Biden infrastructure package, there is $1.5 billion to create more foot soldiers of this sort. And the way they're dressing this one up is not about the election because the election is too far away. They're calling them recruiters and organizers of home health aides and people to care for the elderly and for disabled people. These aren't the folks to do the caring. These are the folks who organize the people who do the caring. And really what they're doing is giving them a sinecure now, a job that is little work, and by day and at night they're Democratic Party workers. So they have this army ready to deploy to influence elections in the future. The army that took place in 2020 was built by Barack Obama in the Obamacare network. Remember when the, when few, when too few people enrolled for Obamacare and the program had, did not have a large enough base to keep rates down. Obama commissioned a bunch of civic groups and gave them a boatload of money to go out and recruit people to, uh, to, to go ahead and sign up for Obamacare. And these people were the nucleus of the armies that Zuckerberg funded in his donations to civic groups. And we don't know this yet, but I bet you that the people who Biden has hired to go around telling people to get vaccinated are also going to be part of the citizens' army. The Democrats are amassing an army of hundreds of thousands of party activists who are on the public payroll, dressed up as recruiters and organizers of home health aides, dressed up as people who are trying to get out the vote and do nonpartisan publicity, put up posters so people know where to vote, or disguised as urging people to get vaccinated. And their real job is when the whistle blows to fall in and show up for combat and man the polls as inspectors to to influence the results. In Michigan, the court found when it reviewed the people who were chosen by the Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, to conduct the election, the election inspectors, it found a vast disproportion of them were Democrats, enrolled Democrats, something like 80 or 90 percent of them. And the court ordered an audit of the election inspectors, an examination of them, to see if there was partisan bias in the people that were being selected. And Jocelyn Benson, the, Joycelyn Benson, the Secretary of State, refused to conduct that audit. And these, this highly partisan group of people infiltrated the polling places. So what we really have to see, the key word here is infiltration, that what the Biden people did was to infiltrate the electoral system with dedicated ideological Democratic Party activists to bias it at every single point. Now, there has never been a more thorough examination and exposition of how this was done and where this was done than the Arizona audit. Now, the people in Arizona, the Republicans, absolutely were total idiots in two crucial decisions. They sound minor, but they ended up screwing up the way this thing was presented. First was they presented the results at 4 o'clock Eastern time, uh, seven o'clock, uh, 1 o'clock Mountain, uh, Pacific time, uh, on Friday night. Now, that's when you bury a story. If you're appointing someone you don't want the public to know about, you release it on a Friday night. If there's a piece of information you don't want to be widely covered, you put it out late on Friday. But the Republicans put out their audit story at that time. And the reason they did it was the printer got jammed. They took they it was a while before they could get the exact numbers uh they had didn't have it precisely ready maybe the collating was wrong all kinds of garbage reasons 
But the point is that by the time their real story about what happened in the election was out, the Democrats had taken a narrow piece of the study and publicized it all over the place. It's that wonderful line by Winston Churchill. A lie can make it halfway around the world before the truth puts its shoes on in the morning. And that's what happened with the Arizona audit. There was a piece released early on Friday morning, and that's all the media covered, those all the mainstream media wanted to hear, which was that Biden had actually carried Arizona by a couple hundred votes more than reported on election night. Now, what that is, is that wasn't an audit, that was a recount. And there's a big difference between a recount and an audit. The recount, you just sit there and you count the ballots. And if there was an adding mistake or an arithmetic error, you catch it. And they said, no, there wasn't any. If there was, it was minor and it tended to be in Biden's favor. But that's not what the study was about. The important thing was the audit. Will you say who voted? Were they entitled to vote? Did they vote only once? Did they vote from the proper address? Were they alive when they cast the ballot? Uh, important questions that go beyond just the mathematics. And those issues were only released to the public after the other, after the, the, uh, recount had been reported. So everybody said, oh, there was an Arizona audit and you saw that there was nothing that was paid for by the Republicans and it showed that this entire thing was phony. And, uh, it was not. When you look at the actual results of the audit, which I'll walk you through when we come back from the break, you'll see how egregious the conduct of what went on on Election Day really was. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Give me a call. Let's talk about it. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. That's 848-WABC. So when you look at the actual results of that audit, you understand how terrible the Arizona process was. But hang on a minute. I just had a great idea that I want to share with you. When you look at the Zuckerberg money, the way to understand it and the way to explain it to other people, your friends, is imagine that the Yankees went out and paid for Garrett Cole, great pitcher, and they paid for other great players, and they paid a lot of money for them. Well, that was fine. But now imagine if instead of that, or in addition to that, they paid for a new set of umpires. <laughs> they put out a couple of million dollars to bribe the umpires and to hire new umpires for the game so that all the umps who were calling balls and strikes and safer out, fair or foul, were all paid operatives of the Yankee baseball team. That would be in a totally different category from simply paying for players and paying for competent hitters. This would be fixing the game, and that is what Zuckerberg did. That was the difference between the money that the campaign spent on ads and on staff and the money that they spent on election workers through Zuckerberg shenanigans. They were essentially bribing the umpire. Okay, now let's go back to the Arizona audit. I think we can summarize the audit in a song. Cheater. Okay, get ready. 23,344 mail-in ballots from bad addresses. Okay? The mail came in. There was an address listed by the voter of where he lived, and nobody by that name lived at that address. Okay? 17,322 duplicate ballots. Two ballots. One voter, two ballots. Voted twice. And 9,041 people clearly did vote twice uh, because it wasn't just that they came from the same place. There were actually two ballots with the same name on them. 
5,295 voters voted from two different counties. 3,432 more ballots were tallied than people who voted. (laughs) 3,400 more ballots than people. 25,965 original ballots were damaged, and they were sent out to be duplicated so that they could be counted, and you could read through the, 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 uh, the marring of the ballot, the defacing of the ballot. And 29,557 came back. 26,000 went out, 29,000 came in. Who were the extra 3,000 ballots? They showed up when, when allegedly the ballots were duplicated, and they found out 3,000 extra ballots. 2,081 people had moved out of Arizona 30 days before the election. 198 people registered to vote after the October 15th deadline for registering. 282 ballots were received from the names of the people who had passed away. Rest in peace. In all, 53,000 votes were subject to these kinds of complaints. And Biden carried Arizona by only about 10,000 votes. Now, that is evidence of cheating. So whenever you read any mainstream media, and they always have this line in here, uh, he was making unsubstantiated accusations about voter fraud and about the election being rigged or fixed, unsubstantiated. You just quote this to him. Just quote these stats to them and see how substantiated this really is. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Hey, Larry. Hi, Dick. It's an honor. Um, I'd like to ask you about uh, a couple, few, several weeks after the election, uh, there was an attempted audit in, uh, in Georgia. And I, I, I want to ask you two questions. Number one, the video that Rudy Giuliani constantly showed about them yep. closing up the, uh, the election place and, and whipping yep. out those suitcases. I want to know first if you think that's authentic, of according to his authentic. interpretation. Yeah. And, and number two, I want to know if you think that part of Zuckerberg's money may have been diverted to the military because Kelly Loeffler's assistant, uh, when that audit was announced, uh, Kelly Loeffler's assistant died in a, in a suspicious car accident. Mm. And then the investigator that was slated to investigate that accident mysteriously died. And the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said there was no relation. But I don't believe the Georgia yeah. Bureau of well, Investigation. I don't want to touch that one because that's just the kind of thing that they say we do and they try to mock us with that. The first one you make, though, is absolutely true. That uh, video was completely genuine. And the idea that that polling place was closed down because of a water main leak that never happened, a water main break that never happened. And they sent everybody home. Every, all the inspectors cleared out. And a bunch of Democrats returned and continued to count the ballots. And the Georgia legislature has authorized a thorough audit on the order of the Arizona audit. And uh, it's becoming clear that that audit will provide data very much like Arizona, showing that at least two states went for Biden that didn't really go for Biden. Now, the way the Democrats are playing this is they're saying, oh, my God, uh, there's a fundamental flaw in our system because more people are believing that the uh, that the election was not honest than used to. And, oh, my goodness, you're, you're fomenting distrust in the American democracy. I loved it. That's when Hit, what Hillary said, that this, all these stories about the election were fomenting distrust in the American election system. Well, for God's sakes, how about what happened on Election Day, fomenting distrust? Very simply, what the Democrats did was they took COVID and they said that if, then they said that if, People were had to vote in person. They would have a choice between voting and dying. And we should not make people risk their health to vote in the election. So that was the reason that they did all the mail-ins and all the absentee ballots. Now, 80 million people braved it and cast votes in person who said, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to worry about getting sick. I'm going to go ahead and go to the polls and vote in person. 80 million. 
So you would expect a huge spike in COVID cases. Huge. But it never happened. COVID cases when COVID deaths went up by like 500 uh, in a week, which was normally it was about went from about 20,000 to 21,000. There was no spike, which means that this entire fear that we were going to kill everybody by their going to the polls to vote turned out not to be accurate. So I think it's important for us to realize how much we have been had in this thing. Let's go to Chris in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. Hey, Chris. Hey, good afternoon, Dick. Uh, real quick question. On that breakdown on the votes, the yeah. 54,000, uh, how many went to Biden? Do you know? Well, we don't know because there's a secret ballot. But we do know that almost all of this fraud occurred in mail-in votes. And we do know that Biden carried 80% of the mail-in votes. So if it wasn't 100% voted for Biden, it certainly was at least 80%. Let's go to uh, Ralph in New Jersey. Hey, Ralph. Thank you, Michael. I should know the closely watch is... Uh you know, right now, Dick, is the one in New Jersey, the one yep. in New York, and, and then I the think, one in in Virginia. And I right? think we're going to win them both. Okay. We got early voting beginning oh, as of, you know, Sunday Sunday next. Okay? Yes. So the weekend next, we all early voting happens here in New yes. Jersey. I want to explore with you the potentiality of early voting and electoral fraud because, it, you know, the, the loophole is so clearly written in there. Yep. For electoral fraud to happen, okay, yeah. uh, so, uh, the vote being stolen and yeah. the election being robbed. Well, uh, what do you think of what I just said? I Dick? think I think there's a real possibility of that. Uh, New Jersey has a history of corruption, uh, unlike any except two or three other states in the country. Uh, if you want to look at the most corrupt governments in America, they are Nevada, uh, West Virginia, Alaska, uh, New Jersey, right up there. And, um, Louisiana. And I, I think it can't be discounted. But let me say this. Right in all the polls, they show, uh, the, they show the governor being ahead. They show the Democrats winning. But every poll always shows the incumbent winning in New Jersey a week or two or three weeks before the election. And every non-incumbent, every challenger, Democrat or Republican, gains in the days approaching the election. And that's because the incumbent is well-known. Everybody knows who Murphy is. But most people don't know the name of the Republicans. And they will learn it as Election Day approaches. But without their own TV station, without their own media, and with very few radio stations and newspapers, Jersey basically is New York City and Philadelphia. They know more about the mayor of New York than they know about the mayor and the mayor of Philadelphia than they know about the governor of New Jersey. So I think that all of that polling needs to be taken with a grain of salt. You are going to see in the next two weeks a surge by Youngkin, uh, and I think he has uh, a good chance of winning the election, and a surge by Citarelli. I think both of them have an excellent chance of winning this election. And for God's sakes, vote, because it's not just Jersey and it's not just Virginia. If the Democrat loses in those states, having been well ahead, having been an incumbent governor in both cases, the Republican is going to be seen as winning because Biden failed. And no Democrat is going to vote for his programs in Congress because they'll all be afraid of having a cement block tied to their feet. So give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC. 
Now, this week, Biden went on television and said, there are supply-side bottlenecks. We can't get our Christmas presents. Santa Claus's reindeer got sick. Rudolph's nose got dull. The sled didn't function. The sled's been in the repair shop, and it didn't come back in time. We're not going to be able to deliver our Christmas presents to everybody because the shelves are empty in American stores. The toy stores are empty. The electronic stores are searching for parts. The car stores can't sell cars because there are no chips. And Biden held a uh, television address to say, what on earth are we going to do about this? I'm going to make the ports work 24-7 um, to unload boats so they're not streaming outside the uh, in, in the, the ocean off California. But he forgot to mention that the reason that the ports are so slow is because they're not automated. And the reason they're not automated in America where they are in every other country in the world is because the unions won't let them be automated. All of his measures that are designed to alleviate the supply chain bottlenecks run into the common problem of his own stupid policies. It's his policies that are causing these bottlenecks, that are causing the supply chain to be screwed up. Unless he changes those policies, no amount of talk and jawboning is going to be able to do it. Cause you don't care about me You got me sold up like a pillowcase But you let my love go to waste So unchain my heart, oh please, please set me free Unchain the supply chain and the way to do that is by is to change the policies that are causing it. Let me go through them. Number one, the high fuel prices. Uh, that's screwing up the supply chain big time. Uh, companies uh, can't pay the prices for fuel that they need to pay to be able to run their factories to produce the goods that the kids want on Christmas. It's that simple. And the reason they can't is that natural gas and oil prices are sky high. Why? Because Biden won't allow fracking. He won't allow natural gas exploration. Uh, he won't allow offshore oil drilling. He won't grant leases for additional natural gas drilling. We were leading the world in fossil fuel production, and Biden wouldn't, wouldn't let that continue. So what has he got now? Increased fuel prices. Duh. What did he expect? And then there's the fact that underinvest, that, that he laments that we haven't had enough plants and equipment to be able to produce a lot of Christmas presents for the kids. Well, the reason there's an underinvestment in plant and equipment is the fool says that he's going to raise the capital gains tax. He's going to double. Is there in there? Sometimes I wonder if there is. He's doubling the capital gains tax, and he wonders why the factories aren't expanding. And then there's the shortage of labor. There's no one to work at these jobs. Not that there isn't enough money to pay them, there is, but people get a lot of money from the benefits. When you take unemployment insurance, $600 a week per person, family of two, 300 each. You take uh, the $3,600 per child tax credit. You take the Obamacare benefits. You take the food stamps. You take uh, the stimulus checks Add them all together, and you have to have a pre-tax income of $100,000 a year to take that job. So people don't take it, and, uh, and, the, and the supply chain bottlenecks continue and pile up. Then he has this ridiculous policy. He's going to really help build the supply chain by firing people that haven't been vaccinated. So he's laying off people because they haven't gotten the shot at the same time that he's begging for more workers and more production. Is there anybody in there? <laughs> and, and then he raises individual tax rates so that he can make sure that nobody really is incentivized to work or do very much. And finally, he's demanding unionization throughout the country. 
unionize everything. Uh, you can't get stimulus money unless you're unionized. You can get a $14,000 credit for uh, retrofitting your home with solar panels and everything, but only if it's done by a union contractor. You can get 4500 bucks tax credit for an electric car, but only if the producer is a union guy. And what this is doing is making everybody unionize from 6% of the workforce. Now the private sector workforce unions are going to move up into the te- high teens, 20s, and even 30s and 40s. And that's adding to the supply chain bottlenecks. Look at food prices right now. Well, do you know there are 30,000 John Deere factory workers in Iowa on strike? That That's going to really help food production, right? There's no one, there are no tractors to go do the farming. So you have to wonder with this guy. Is there anybody in there? Just not if you can hear me. Is there anyone? Okay, let's go to John in Astoria. Hey, John. Good uh, afternoon, Dick. You do a great job every week. Uh, Thank you. I ran for civil court judge as a Democrat in Queens last year. I went to look at the absentee ballots at Borough Hall. Did you say you ran? Yeah, as a civil court judge on the Democratic line. I'm a Democrat. For re-election or as a a new candidate? As a candidate in the the primary for civil court judge. I see. Okay. But listen to this. So they're looking at absentee ballots. Everyone has a, tr- a chance to look at. I've got a borough hall, and every assembly district has an election district. And one of the areas in South uh, Jamaica, Queens, there was an ED I saw, and it happened many times. We had about ED in New York pol- politics does not stand for what it does in the rest of America. <laughs> it's election district. Go ahead. I'll let you correct. <laughs> So, say, 150 households in a four- to six-square-block radius, absentee ballots, every one of these absentee ballots, Dick, was filled in pencil. You know the bubbles? Remember in school you had to stand it up? Yeah, right. And you would do it with number two pencil on your SAT Listen, Dick, what is the chance of 150 households, each using pencil, okay, mm. filling out a bubble perfectly? It was almost yeah. perfectly filled out. The part is... It's, it's too much, Ridiculous. and it is true. And it's even at the local level, and balance. this is for a judgeship, for God's sakes. Uh, well, Your Honor, I wish you would. I wish you had won, but uh, but I guess that absentee ballot stopped you. But good for you. Good for you. Uh, let's go to Mickey in New Jersey. Hey, Mickey. Hi, Dick. How Hi. are you? Doing good. Very good. Uh, a way to. A way election fraud could be minimized would start by having election ballots picked up by voters at polling site prior to Election Day. No mail-in ballots and no drop-off Zuckerberg ballots. Yes. The ballot you open would contain three colored sheets of paper, one red for the Republican presidential candidate, a blue sheet for the Democrat presidential candidate, and white for an in- independent. Each sheet has a watermark. You remove the preferred color sheet and mark the candidate's name. Candidates for other positions would be on a separate form. On election day at the polling site, present ID, go behind a privacy partition where there are three ballot counting machines that also scan to validate the watermark. One machine to count the red Republican vote, another machine to count the blue Democrat vote, and the third machine would count the white Republican vote. After ballot goes through the counting machine, the ballot goes directly into a clear plexiglass box where the ballots could be seen and stored and observed all day by multiple ceiling cameras that record the day's activity. Okay, Mickey. Okay, okay. cease fire. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate the detail of this and the thinking you've done. But have you any idea of the intelligence of the average election official? You might as well ask monkeys to do this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of a great line George Bernard Shaw wrote in The Devil's Disciple – when General Burgoyne, the British general, is going to shoot the star of the movie, sorry, the play, uh, for uh, being a spy. And he says, he says he's going to hang him. And the guy says, would you please do me the honor of shooting me instead? And he says, do you have any idea of the marksmanship of my average soldier? <laughs> They'll make a total mess of you. <laughs> I, I think, but seriously, Mickey, the, the thing that I've been pushing is that every absentee ballot, every mail-in ballot, has to have written on it the last four digits of your social security number. 
which is which is a unique verification and really can be, I think, effective in screening out bad votes. Uh, but I really appreciate the the uh, the intensity of your thought. Now, Peter, New Jersey, has some thoughts about abortion, going back to a show we did a couple of weeks ago, where I said that there was something in between uh, choice and life, that you could give the pro-choices what they want, which is a terminated pregnancy, and the pro-lifers what they want, which is a healthy baby. And you could do that by early birth by surgically extracting the fetus in the 24th or 25th or 26th week, keeping it alive and healthy and viable in the new special artificial wombs they're creating, and then provide financial incentives for people to adopt them and pay, pay payment to the uh, woman who agreed not to have the abortion and instead a early live birth, probably only once in her lifetime. Uh, and that was, I think, a very good proposal. I was with someone last night who suggested that perhaps it be amended so that the, uh, so that the mother who was having the abortion and chose not to could then become the adopted parent with that subsidy. But, um, I'm interested in what Peter has to say about abortion. Hey, Peter. Hey, Dick. How are you doing? I'm doing good. This is a subject that's very near and dear to me, being a, a practicing Catholic. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, artificial womb. I don't know if that's acceptable in the Catholic Church or not. Well, why I, wouldn't you're, it you're, be? The Catholic Church approves well, of childbirth, and they approve of a, of a cesarean, right? You don't have to cesareans, no problem. Why wouldn't it be acceptable? Because it's not as natural as being in the mother's womb. Oh, come on. You're in the mother's womb for five months, and then you're out of it. You're in an artificial womb, and the kid gives birth. I can't imagine that the Pope would have a problem with that. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate you calling in. Um, let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Hey, Judith, are you the Judith who's called in a bunch? <laughs> Hi, Mr. Mark. Have you, know, you called in a lot before? I have called. Sure, I've good, called. Good. Absolutely. I want you to know I, I welcome you're... your call. And you, you gave me a great idea. I can't remember what it was, but I've incorporated it in my thinking uh, the last time you called. I forget what you were calling about, but you can call me anytime, honey. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Morris. I want to tell you something. I appreciate your detailed information every single time, including today, with uncovering the truth. It's amazing. And all this should be plastered, Mr. Morris, all over billboards, posters, rallies, newspapers, on and on, because in general, people are so blissfully uninformed. I'm not going to say ignorant. They're uninformed. And more importantly, because there are so many lies out there. We're, they're filled with so much lies with the fake news and everything. And I was going to say, bottom line, but you said something and you kind of answered my question. I was going to ask you, how do we bring back integrity, honesty, and transparency in the next election? Now, you mentioned something about the four last digits of a Social Security number. Yep. You probably have other ideas. But starting with making these mail-in ballots shenanigans I, illegal, I pushing, how do we do this? I was this? pushing that when I worked for Trump uh, in September and October, um, urging people, urging him to urge that, and it never made it out of the speechwriter. But <laughs> it would have been a really good idea, and I think it would have nipped this whole thing in the bud because a signature, a name, and address anybody can forge. But the last four of your social, you, you can't just come in and make that stuff up. But bless you, Judith, and thank you so much for calling. Uh, so when we come back, we'll talk about the real way that high tech is stifling innovation and invention in America. This is serious, folks. Everybody knows about Section 230, which permits high tech to bias elections and to censor politicians and keep the president from being able to tweet and stuff like that. But this means that high tech, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and Apple are Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and Apple are suppressing any kind of innovation in the United States and sabotaging our economy. We'll be talking about that when we come back. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling of something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I 
get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me Jokers to the right Here I am stuck in the middle with you Yes, I'm stuck I couldn't think of people I'd rather be stuck in the middle with than you are. So let's go to um, Susan in Brooklyn. Hey, Susan. Hi, Dick. Um, I, I wanted to know, it's being reported today um, on this station that um, the 400 or more, 400, almost 500 million that Zuckerberg put into the um, yeah. activities. Yeah, Okay, that, um, that, that this was all legal. Yeah. And um, also, that this is not new. This was in the Time magazine, how we uh, saved slash stalled the election six well, months ago. Yeah, it, it was. There wasn't a full accounting of it. The money wasn't as much as reported. But um, but it, the, it's, the New York Post did a real service in giving this front page status and really publicizing it because people had just not absorbed it, had not sunk in, and now I think it is sinking in. Um, the uh, As to legal, yeah, it is, and it's the fault with the law. Uh, you can set up a citizen's group. You just go to the Secretary of State or whatever, and you register it, and the Federal Elections Commission, and it can receive money from private individuals, unlimited. They don't have to report it. Uh, they don't have to uh, say what it's for, and um, you can do that. It's free country, and you sure can. What's unique about this is that it bribed the umpire, or it set it hired new empires for the game. That's the metaphor that I think you should use in describing uh, in describing what Zuckerberg did. Now, you're on the line. They said your question was going to be about vote harvesting. Uh, you were saying something about that, uh, Susan. Yes, well, maybe you could determine it, but it said if people could take mail, take ballots to people's home and fill yeah. them out for them, isn't that ballot harvesting? Yes, it certainly is, uh, and uh, and it's what's wrong with ballot harvesting, and it's why the Arizona law prohibited it, and the Supreme Court upheld that law and said this was fine. But it's not just a matter of convenience that people get the ballot filled out for them. They go to the, a nursing home. And they have the supervisor go bed to bed. The person who makes daily decisions about life and death of these patients. And they says, give me a vote and I'll cast it here. Or an Indian reservation and the, the manager, the, the, the chief executive at the reservation does this. Or a public housing project and the, uh, the superintendent goes around. People who have power over other people go around with the ballot boxes and harvest the votes. That's why Jimmy Carter and James Baker, former Secretary of State, had a commission two years ago that said ballot harvesting was susceptible of fraud and should be banned. But let me get now on to... uh, Thank you for calling, Susan. Let me get back to uh, what I was going to talk about, about high-tech. The people that run the major high-tech companies in this country, uh, Amazon, Apple, Google, and Microsoft all realize that their entire company, their entire business, their entire livelihood is based on having built a better mousetrap, having built something that is technologically excellent, runs well, and would be attractive to the consumer. And their big enemy, the big thing they're afraid of, is somebody else building a better mousetrap. Because when they do that, that mousetrap can catch on and drive them out of business in a matter of months. Uh, these quadrillion-dollar companies can be absolutely just tanked and destroyed. And they're, they're scared of that. So what they've done is they have arranged to jimmy the process at the U.S. Patent Office. Right now, when a small inventor, guy who's in his garage, comes up with a replacement for Google, he goes to the U.S. Patent Office And if it's new and if it's real, the patent office gives him a patent which protects him and says nobody can steal your invention. What Google then does is it sues the inventor saying that this patent duplicates something that's already there or it wouldn't work or it's a phony patent and fraudulently obtained and you go into court. Now, 70% of the time they lose. So they fixed that. 
they set up a system where the patent office itself hires judges who adjudicate these cases. It doesn't go to the regular courts. goes to these special courts. And these special courts, instead of ruling for the inventor 70% of the time, rule against the inventor 70% of the time. They're patent-killing courts. And if the inventor should survive that challenge, the law allows Google to sue again and again and again. There's no double jeopardy prohibition. So Google can keep this small inventor tied up, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars that he doesn't have when his invention isn't even bringing in a penny of revenue. And they beat, beat him up this way. And they stop him from being able to market his invention. And uh, this is going on all the time in the U.S. And it's enabled by what it enables big tech to squelch innovation throughout the country. The way you know this is effective is the number of patents in the U.S. has dropped by 60%. And the price of a patent on the open market where they're auctioned off is down by two-thirds. Because people are realizing patents don't mean anything. Big tech just sues you, keeps you in this phony kangaroo court that they've invented, and uh, and keeps you tied up. So here's the deal. Big tech helped elect Biden by suppressing coverage of Trump. The Hunter Biden laptop story never made it out. It only got released because Trump had a press conference doing it the day of the debate, an idea that I helped advise him on, and uh, and he let the story got out because of that. And Big Tech did all it could to sit on that story. And it blocked Trump on Twitter. It even put notes out saying, this tweet by the president is unreliable and may contain fraudulent material like their censors. And then after the election, they went to Biden and they said, it's time for our payback. And what we want from you is these kangaroo courts set up to replace the regular courts to adjudicate patent issues. And we want the ability to sue again and again and again to keep the patent off, to keep the patent or the inventor busy and financially drained and emotionally drained to stop him from getting his invention out. And when we talk about what big tech is doing in the United States, that is their major sin. That is the big thing they're doing to hurt this country. And you know who's sitting there in the grandstands cheering their head off about that? China. Because they want to help work with big tech to stifle American innovation and American creativity. And uh, they, they're in cahoots together, the Chinese and the big tech companies. It's pretty incredible. Let's go to Donna in Miami. Hey, Donna. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. So, yes, I agree social security number would be a good uh, idea. I don't know if it will come to be. But what I want to know is we know what Zuckerberg did. He put drop boxes only in Democratic neighborhoods. Right. What do we do for next time, for the next election, 2022 but and 2024? The, uh, the states that are passing election reforms, uh, Georgia, Arizona, Texas, Florida, and North Carolina, a host of other states, are prohibiting drop boxes. They're saying you go to the post office like everybody else for a mail-in vote. John McLaughlin, my friend who is Trump's pollster, did a survey in November after the election in Georgia. And he asked people, how did you vote? And he found that half voted by uh, in person, a quarter voted in person early, a quarter voted in, in, by mail. And of the quarters voted by mail, half voted through the post office and half voted through drop boxes. So altogether you had about an eighth of the vote that was through drop boxes. Trump carried the in-person votes, broke even with Biden on the early in-person votes, broke even with Biden on the mail-in votes through the post office, but then lost to Biden five to one in the drop boxes. The fraud was all concentrated in these drop boxes. So the thing to do is prohibit it. You know, we don't have drop boxes for the Christmas cards you send out. 
We don't have it for your rent check. Uh, we don't have it for your mortgage payment. Why should we have it for your voting? The only reason to do that is so that they can defraud the process. So the guy collecting the ballot is not an honest post person, postal employee, who has a job to protect and ethics to abide by and wants to keep his job and not be implicated in anything. Uh, it's a Democratic Party worker who could care less and somehow may forget to turn in the votes that are cast for the guy he doesn't like. Uh, let's go to Linda in Long Island. Hey, Linda. Hi, thank you very much. I'll make this fast. I think that that was the perfect idea because we used the last four uh, numbers of our social um, on everything, on yep. our credit cards when they put in, yep. send in mail so they're not you know, putting out your whole social security number. Absolutely. That's used for everything for ID. Yep. That's why I suggested it. I think it really can be uh, terrific and really helpful. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate it. So... We talked today about a host of stuff. Uh, we started off by talking about the Zuckerberg money. And I made the point that we are spending millions and millions of dollars on elections. But that's different. That's like buying a really good baseball player. The Zuckerberg money is like hiring the umpires. And he hired the voting inspectors that ran the election uh, in all of these swing states that made this voter fraud possible. Then we talked about the Arizona audit, and I made clear that the re, that there's a recount and there's an audit. A recount, you just count the votes again in case you made an error, and that showed Biden carrying the state. But the audit, which tested whether the people should have voted or voted twice, revealed all of this all of this shenanigan. And then we talked about the supply bottlenecks that are keeping Christmas presents from our kids, and that those are all caused by Joe Biden's policies. Thanks a lot for listening. See you next week. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.